Section 13 of Card Trick by John Berriman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Hold on a minute, Tex, Wally said sympathetically. You're one of us now. I had to go after her. I love her, I said hopelessly. I can't see her hurt and upset like that. I've got to. But he was shaking his head. You haven't got a chance, Wally said. She'll never forgive you for having precognition. That's why she made the study of Psy her life work. She's wanted PC for herself and was sure she was pure enough of heart to deserve to have the power. Well, she doesn't have it, and she'll hate you for having what she thinks she deserves. Forget her. Talk about your cup brimming over. Well, if I had to get used to being cut off from the human race, perhaps Sherry was the place to start. That's what happens to superhumans. There was one desperate hope. This wasn't hallucination, I tried. No, Tex, he said calmly. This was on the level, just for fun, he went on. Can you do it when there isn't any money riding on it? Reluctantly, I came back to his desk and looked down at the back of the top card. Heart, I said dully. I hit ten in a row for him. The spade was on top four times, the heart six times. And that was on the level? I asked. He scowled at me and chewed his thin lips. Yeah, he said. That settles it, I said, sagging back into my seat. I'm a snake, a rotten PC. Don't you believe it, Wally growled, lunging out of his chair. He started to pace back and forth across the office. His chin stuck way out ahead of him as he prowled. I don't know what you are, Tex, he declared. But you're no PC. I'm a normal after all? I gasped, feeling a surge of blessed relief. He swiped at the air with a hand. Don't be silly, he snapped. You've got a psi power so incredible that... He whirled on me while I died for good. You explain it he insisted. After your lovely Dr. King flew out of here, I shuffled the cards ten times under the desk, and you hit ten in a row, right? Right, dismally. I cheated on the shuffle, he told me. I used TK to make sure that I put the two of spades on top, all ten times. No, I insisted. Six times the heart was on top. You turned them over yourself. That's just it he whispered, leaning toward me. I put that spade on top every time. I did. But when I turned it over, more than half the time, it was a heart. What did you do? You mean I'm a hallucinator? I asked. Look, this is getting ridiculous. I was kidding myself, too? Nonsense. It was real. His face jerked in surprise. You couldn't. He gasped as the idea hit him. But you did, he reminded himself. Wait till Maragon hears this. And then he told me. It couldn't be, I knew. But it was. He proved it to me, or I proved it to us. At some stage you have to get excited about it, if it's no more than a grisly fascination. At that it was dawn before we could stop our intoxicated talk. Maragon had been yanked out of bed again, and when he heard the news, woke up a darn sight faster than the night before. Fiola, of the racehorse legs, joined us, 
and several other sighs as well. Before it was over, the Grand Master had put on a ridiculous piece of regalia and mumbled me into probationary membership in the lodge. There was nothing creepy about the ritual, only the way I felt. I guess if we hadn't gotten hungry, we'd be there yet. Wally had one last little wrinkle for me as I started down the corridor for the elevator. Fiola, he called. Yes, darling Billy, she said, coming to his side. Aztec's going to make out with that overeducated iceberg he's hot after, he asked her. I flinched at the thought of Sherry. I was getting used to considering her a memory. Fiola looked into the corner for a moment. Oh, yum, she said, smiling and showing the braces on her teeth. She kissed me. I think I was about as startled as Wally was. Just so you let her be the only Cassandra, she said. And you call that an iceberg? She looked at me curiously. You'd better start eating red meat, Tex, she told me, and would say no more. End of section 13